0: Welcome to another episode of the Incongruent podcast. We hope this session finds everyone well in these challenging and testing times. Before we get into today's discussion, we want to fully acknowledge the hardships people have come to face due to the current circumstances. And despite this being a sensitive topic, we mean no disrespect and in no way do we wish to dismiss the severity of the pandemic and the tragedy it has imposed on so many. And with that, I want to welcome you to the very first episode of The Whole Tea. A show where we value authentic conversations, unique perspectives, and of course, tea. If you're keen on even one of these things, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Samira Banat, and I'm honored to introduce my co-host today, fellow incongruable...
1: Kaboom! Arjun! Oh no, my name is Arjun.
0: And it's Arjun here! And of course, our three honourable guests. Honourable guests, the floor is yours. Please take it away.
2: Hi, I'm Shana Tafel. I'm from London in the UK. Um, I'm the Communications and Marketing Manager at the Alan Turing Institute. I'm also the Turing Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Lead, and I do a lot of work with the UN Sustainable Development Goals with Extinction Rebellion and Climate Activism outside work.
3: Hi there, my name is Ian Monroe, um, Rise Energy uh, Strategy Director and we primarily work in uh, energy access in developing countries.
4: I'm Adrienne Doolan. Uh, I run a cleaning services uh, company for uh, all about uh, the environment and ridding uh, our world of, uh, of toxic chemicals. Um, our company, we're also United Nations Global Compact members. I sit on the board as well for the UN, so we like to run an, quite an ethical uh, company here. So we're all about reducing water, chemicals, recycling, everything to do with our environment and leading towards health and wellness.
0: Amazing. Welcome, everyone. Now, the reason this victorious group of people are here today is to discuss a very important and much debated topic surrounding the pandemic. Is COVID-19 an excuse to pollute? Obviously, prior to the world going into lockdown, the anti-global warming movement was at its peak, and the world seemed to finally listen and engage in action for positive change. So, Shana, what can you tell us about that? What changes have you observed in the movement and people's attitude towards it?
2: So, pretty early on, I noticed that the pace was gathering around how environmental the environmental um, emergency is tied into COVID. The media was awash with news reporting on how public the interconnections between health, the economy, government policies, and our way of living. We actually had an opportunity to see how these were playing out. Many activists spoke about this previously, but people didn't quite make that connection. And I think COVID really shone that light. So in the UK, a recent survey has found that 79% of Brits, that's eight in 10, want a net zero alignment embedded in the COVID recovery package. That is a huge appetite finally for pushing forward the climate agenda with with bailouts and much needed investments in high carbon industries and businesses, a huge opportunity. And then tied in with this is a recognition that there is an opportunity to upskill workers and ensure sustainable chains are sustainable. And so there's a huge appetite and a huge shift in attitudes that I've recognised that's taken place
1: globally. Mm -hmm. So, my question right now is to Ian. COVID-19 shutdowns are clearing the air, but once restrictions loosen, air pollution levels will bounce back. Like, for example, we have seen the lakes in Venice, then the polluted capital city of India, New Delhi. The pictures, there was been comparison in media, uh, saying that, okay, things seen in, uh, in this October and things seen in February. So, what are your thoughts on that, Ian? Yeah,
3: um I think I think you're right. Um the co, you know, the COVID-19 shutdowns gave the world uh, an un- unintended opportunity for an experiment. Um but the the problem is that we still have the same cars, the same roads, the same industries and houses. So how do we facilitate change um in, you know in the back end of this global pandemic um, it, it's a it's a it's a tough it, it's a tough response um, I guess the, the way that it can be done is is through um, the the road to recovery and a lot of the multilateral banks um, and international agencies are pushing for a post COVID renewables response um, but the risk is still very high that the the carbon output is just only going to increase as the world opens up. Um, it was 20% down year on year in April, and now it's only 5% down as of June. So um, it's going to primarily be down to how, how governments and international agencies uh, prioritize the, the efforts of their um, financial stimuluses.
0: Opposed to people noticing changes, perhaps even positive changes, in the climate, the COVID-19 crisis is leading to a new source of pollution. Protective equipment such as gloves, face masks, and cleaning agents making their way into the world's seas and oceans. Now, this is something I have been quite worried about. In fact, this was the very reason I decided to go through with this episode. And it's obviously difficult to find the right way to approach this situation, especially due to protective equipment and cleaning agents being deemed mandatory in the effort to fight the virus. And so, Adrienne
4: what has your experience with this been like? Um frustrated. (laughs) Um because yeah it it it, you know the masks were necessary to protect people. Um the cotton masks um you know which were coming out as well were, were were better. Um, the, you know, the material ones that people could reuse. But, you know, a lot of people opt for the uh, for the regular masks um, and the gloves and, and everything. And it's been such a shame um, because now we're still going ahead, we're still using them and they are just being dumped willy nilly. You know that's the problem, yeah. one of the biggest problems. Yes, we may have had to use them, and um, and and it may have you know protected people and 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 helped to save lives. So you know, even though I am a passionate environmentalist, um, I still mm-hmm. could understand the need for these things. And you can't, you know, you can't be giving out about everything, you know. And um, right. we, we, you know, we were we we saved on air pollution, but yeah, okay, maybe we we didn't on plastic, but these were necessary. But you know what, I think it's about civic responsibility now and about people you know, disposing of them properly. You look everywhere, they're everywhere. You come out of a shopping center, they're just thrown on the ground from people's yeah. cars. So a lot of it is is civic responsibility. Um regarding all the disinfectants and the cleaning and everything to be honest with you and um, i mean the who came out and said that one of the most important things and um, was washing your hands you know back to basic hygiene and teaching people basic hygiene actually because we all know that you know hygiene is still not great and yet it should be on on, on the top of everybody's list and um, so you know For me, I didn't see that dramatic need to start disinfecting everywhere and hand sanitizing everything and going up being obsessive. Because for me, it was just about, it's about quality cleaning. And I think that's the difference Mm -hmm. and responsible cleaning and knowing what you're doing, especially if you're going residential or commercial. You know, you have a huge responsibility, I'm always saying to people uh, regarding cleaning. For me personally, we didn't start going, um, overboard on our disinfectants or hand sanitizers, in fact we um, have a company that we work with here in uh, in Sharjah with two Syrian chemists who make all our products for us, so they're all natural based oh, wow. uh, products, yeah even their disinfectants and they're all 99.999% and approved and everything so, you know, it's about getting that out and trying to say to people we, we you know, there are alternatives to uh, to this, you know but it's still difficult, and, and you know, I, it was really brilliant to hear uh, Shanna saying that in the UK, that people are finally turning around to to, to realising that we have to do something. But I don't find that here mm-hmm. personally in the, in the UAE at the moment. I think it's everybody wants uh, back to business. Um, and for me, I had, right. you know, had hoped for this major paradigm shift in order to make changes in the world, and I think we've got it. And I think we really need to, uh, to hang on to it and work, uh, work on it now to make
1: differences. Definitely. And with that, the fourth question, and this is to all of you guys. Could you perhaps offer any sort of tips on how to maintain an eco-friendly approach towards the lifestyle or to any particular tasks while still prioritizing health and safety? I would like to start with Adrienne for, uh, to comment on this.
4: Yeah, I, I think maybe I already probably talked too much and said most of what I was saying anyway. I mean, you know, for for me, it's, it's very simple. Um, I don't like uh, toxic chemicals, traditional chemicals. I don't see the necess- necessity for them, actually. Um, I know that using natural products, and, and we use an aqueous ozone O3, this is far more powerful than any other product. So. You know, for mm-hmm. for me, it's it's an easy answer. I'm not obsessive. I I don't like to walk down the aisles of supermarkets and see all this waste. You know, this toxic chemical and all the plastic. You know, so yeah. there there are many alternatives. So I would hope people would uh,
3: would start looking at the alternatives
2: for health.
1: Okay. Um,
3: yeah, I think um I, I I echo everyone else's um comments. It's really just a shift away from single use uh items. Um you know, if you're if you're out um in restaurants in the UAE, they're using single use glasses. Um I find that bizarre. I mean, um that's that's really about educating a government and uh and at a local level in terms of Restaurants in that um, if you if you wash um, if you wash your glasses um, You know appropriately there'll be no uh, there'll be no issues there, but there's also a fine balance between health and safety and you know um, The single-use items uh, You know face masks are one or one, you know hot topic example where you know how much use is is the face mask against um, just simply washing your hands and um, if right. you use a, a cotton or um, or a, or a multiple use um, face mask against the single uses, what's the what's the risk profile of each? So I guess it's just about education and and trying to do the best you can.
0: Definitely. And you so- mentioned the restaurants, and we've heard examples of restaurants giving out several plastic plates along with each meal to just a single person,
2: and so. Definitely education is key. So what about Shana? Um so I'd really like to think and for us to consider the intersectionality and the inequities that um, COVID have brought into play. For me, COVID has shone a light on the need and the necessity for environmental intersectionality. Intersectionality being the lens that centers the recognition that we are just not just one thing, you know, I'm female, I'm person of colour, all of these things intersect. And then in terms of environmental intersectionality, it's considering how the intersection of inequalities such as poverty and health play out. So with COVID we can see more clearly than ever how our lives are intertwined and how our health plays a key role in not just for ourselves, but with anybody that we come into contact with. And this new reality is formidable and surreal, but it's like a microcosm of the climate crisis that we are all highly aware of. And so I'm always thinking about how can we talk about maintaining an eco-friendly approach to our lives in today's context, where we prioritise health and safety, which right now, you know, comes right down to life and death. And so we need to take a step back. And so I'm thinking about how the impact of this plays a role on our, you know, our lifestyle and our habits do come into this, because we have to consider the impact on those around us, our friends and our family and our colleagues and our strangers. We, you know, this is a huge thing that is just right at the front of our minds right here, right now. And that, you know, that that involves a lot that, you know, consumption habits, lifestyle habits all come into that. So then thinking that this means, you know, ensuring that we can all do what we can to maintain our health. We have to focus and prioritise our health. We have to exercise. We need the infrastructure where we can walk and bike and cycle instead of jumping into our cars, which in the UK the government is encouraging people to do, which obviously is going to have an impact on the carbon emissions. Um, And then, you know, the iniquity part of this for me is also how this isn't possible for those that have lost their jobs or are struggling to put food on the table. So these new habits and new ways of consuming are all things that we need to consider. And then it just really brings into light just how everything we do is interconnected and our lives are intertwined. Of course, that's extremely important. And
0: actually, while planning this episode we reached out to some of our audience members and had them ask us questions relating to this topic so they voiced some of their concerns in regards to it and we're going to incorporate a few of them into a fun little segment called questions from our listeners the title is subject to change so please if you have any recommendations let us know and Arjun shall we get started?
1: Yeah sure so this question is to shana and ian so did the air pollution levels drop has this actually stopped global warming because so much media during these days has clearly specified by showing maps saying that okay the nitrates have reduced in atmosphere and all those so what do you think shana so this is actually a really pertinent thing that's in the news at the moment in the
2: um in the uk so yes for a while there was a drop um in the air pollution and carbon emissions but as lockdown has uh, as lockdown eases globally the surprise in the uk has been how rapidly carbon emissions have rebounded with much fear and recognition that this is already set to get worse as people shun public transport in favor of cars
1: okay uh what about ian
3: what's your take yeah i think um Three months of uh, reduced air pollution doesn't prevent global warming or, or really even slow it down. But the actions that we can take now in terms of a plan to integrate renewables and decarbonize industries in post-COVID recovery measures could could drive um, a shift um, in the longer term. And I guess it's just about the global energy mix that we now plan for going ahead. And that's at the very highest level that, are, that the stakeholders that are going to make these decisions so linking these short-term recovery goals to medium and long-term energy strategies is is paramount um in in achieving um you know sustainable development goals in the paris climate agreement on climate change
1: mm, okay so on um, the next question moving on to Shannam. uh well people be more cautious about pollution once things are back to normal like we spend quite a lot of time at home so is there any chance that people can educate themselves on important issues regarding environment and global warming? Thank you for that question so um, I think there are a lot of
2: contradictions unfolding as we start to ease out of lockdown where we have two camps emerging those that are already going straight back to live in the way that they were you know there's there's no sense of social distancing they just want to get back to life they've okay. had enough and those that are okay. rightly right yeah those that are rightly conscientious and looking for new ways of proceeding with life after lockdown so my sense is that at the moment you know there's a possibility that health might trump air pollution and the climate emergency where those that are focused on social distancing and we'll be thinking about how to get from a to b and the day-to-day challenges of going to work and so more than ever it's pertinent that we actually need government to step in to create the infrastructure needed for the green recovery to proceed as as needed okay Adrian, what is your take on this? I said, don't get me started on this.
4: Um, you know what? I actually believe now that people are j- just want to go back to the the normal. I, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I agree with Ian. I, you know, a couple of months uh, is not going to affect uh, affect the the you know the climate, the climate change. And um, people are not able to actually um, grasp. The human being is not able to grasp something as uh, as significant as climate change. We're only able to right. deal with things to here and now so COVID-19 was something that we've been dealing with and are still dealing with quite well. I would have thought that you know the more we sort of spoke about the fact that this is perhaps you know because we're not treating the earth well that these kind of things may come you know and and but it, it doesn't seem to ring through to people. I think um, education we really need to push out to people and maybe frighten people a little bit more. Um, on, on, on the changes, you know, if you think about when last summer when you had the Amazon forests burning, you know, if you, if you tell people the last, you know, every five breaths, your fifth breath is from the Amazon forests, you know, and so we're destroying them. And it's, it's like now, you know, the earth actually does not need us at all. You know, we need it and we need to start to learn that we have a symbiotic relationship with nature and we need to stop being so arrogant. Um, and I wish like a whole lot of people, I mean, you know, Attenborough and David Attenborough and Jane Goodall and all the celebrities and everybody come out and they're talking and talking about, you know, climate change and the need to make changes. But for some reason, it there's a blockage with, with penetrating. People want to go back into the old economy. We need to change. We need to move towards circular economy so that we can, you know, make the changes as, as Shanna referred to earlier. what's what's going on, you know, the rich and the poor divide, you can still, you know, that is so apparent now with, with COVID as well. So we really, really need to start making changes and pushing the boat out.
1: Okay. And finally, the question is to Adrian: We are being exposed to various chemicals set to destroy virus particles. Is this adding wasteful toxins into atmosphere? And do these pose a danger for us in the future?
4: Yes, I think so. I've seen. I mean, here in the UAE, they, you know, they've they've they're taking all the precautions that they think are necessary. But I'm just not sure that spraying disinfectants and sterilizing streets and stuff is actually the way forward. Sometimes it's a knee jerk uh, reaction. Um, But we actually, you know, people going now through these uh, sanitizing tunnels and all sorts of stuff like this. Really, you know, these a lot of these things are cancer have cancerous properties. So, you know, I think we're still back to just the old hygiene again and stop overreacting because I think in the long term, um, all of these chemicals, disinfectants, I mean, Clorox is being used in abundance now, being, you're being sprayed on your feet before you enter molds. It's like, this is crazy. This yeah. is not necessary there are way yeah. more things you can do than uh, than this and yeah so in long term i think it can have uh, can have serious damage on people's health and again the ground the waterways everything yeah
1: so as our guests have said it is important to take the time to educate ourselves in regards to both environment and virus and how everything is interpreted
0: and i'm I'm just really glad that we got to bring light to matters that are equally as important. And I hope that our audience can learn something from everything that you've said about how to adjust your lifestyle to create a positive space and mindset for not only themselves, but the rest of the world, uh, despite people going through such difficult times right now. So thank you so much for all your insights. Thank you so much for listening. This was Samira Banat,
1: and this was The Whole Tea.